Hey y'all, I'm Emily Byrne. I'm Jonathan Corporal. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Logic and Common, Common Sense. We've got such a special treat for you. On this episode, Emily and I are sharing a conversation that we recently had with Melissa Woodford all the way from Florida, America. She's going to talk a little bit about her experience in journalism working for NPR. Uh, She also is going to share a personal experience where she was totally attacked by a professor just for being a little bit different than the other students, as well as tell us what is going on in Florida with a bill that has been drafted by Anthony Sabatini to protect the great citizens of that state from mandatory COVID vaccinations. So take a listen to this great conversation with the Melissa Woodford. All right. Hey, everyone. Emily Bird here with Jonathan Copel and Melissa Woodford. So we're very excited to have her on today um, and do a little interview slash conversation. So yeah, Melissa, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, where you're from, that sort of thing. Sure thing. So I'm from Florida. I recently went to UCF and graduated from there this summer. And one of the things I studied was broadcast journalism. So during my time at UCF, I went and I interned at National Public Radio for a semester. So one of the things I experienced while in college was as a Christian conservative, I was incredibly censored for my viewpoints. So even though I wanted to report on stories neutrally, I was specifically told by my professor that I wasn't allowed to succeed. Um, He would tell the students to go out and do their best to show initiative and try to come up with story ideas of their own. But then he directly pointed at my face and said, except for you. Did that that really happen? That actually happened. What Um, what was your reaction in that moment? Like walk? Walk us through. Right. How are you feeling in that moment? It was it was very discouraging. I felt like I wanted to go ahead and explore my gifts and explore whether broadcast journalism was something I really wanted to pursue. And I felt incredibly frustrated and um, my joy was dampened and um, suppressed by him. But I think the most frustrating part was when I wanted to do a story on a bus that would come to campus and the goal of this bus um, was for medical reasons and it was to deliver sonograms uh, or to have sonograms and also give free pregnancy tests to women who wanted to come onto the bus. So when I asked if I could write about this story, I was told that the only way I could cover it was if I covered it from essentially a leftist perspective, if I found someone who wanted to theoretically protest this much, which I've never heard of a person who wanted to protest. Who wants to protest that? I mean, it's like free pregnancy tests, free sonograms. What is there to protest? Exactly. If you care about women at all, you would think that they would be in favor of something like that, especially on a college campus where resources probably aren't as... um, there's probably not as as many resources for these students. Well, right. Well, when you look at a case like Doe versus Bolton, and it's talking about the health of the mother, you would think that proponents of pro-choice legislation would actually care about health. But even though I pitched this subject from a health neutral perspective, I was told that I wasn't allowed to interview the owner of the bus. And the only soundbite I could put into the news story was from this theoretical person, which I had to go invent and find. So I did. And then I had to take that soundbite 
And then that was the only thing I, I could use to tell the story. So this was just one example of the censorship I experienced as a Christian conservative on campus. Um, I also mentioned that um, I went to NPR. Now at NPR, it wasn't quite as bad as um, in my liberal college, but I would also experience somewhat of discouragement on covering political stories, discouragement from covering stories that regarded President Donald Trump. And um, I felt like it was hard for me to express myself um, with my viewpoints, uh, even though I am coming at it from a journalist's perspective where we're not to editorialize, I felt like I couldn't even talk about pitches to my news producers without feeling some kind of censorship just because they mm -hmm. knew who I was. Um, so regrettably, that is very much the state of journalism today. The mainstream, lamestream media will not report on stories that need to be talked about. And no, it's they don't. They're, they're terrible. And I, I think I always thought journalists were like these independent researchers going out, finding a story and making a news segment. And then here's my segment. Let's play it. You know, and they pick the best ones. From my understanding, because I've dealt with a few news reporters in the New Orleans area, they are literally at a phone call waiting to hear from the producer and the producer's telling them what to produce, like what to report on, even to the point where we're gonna do a live interview. And it's not, it has nothing to do with what the journalist wants to ask me or nothing to do with what um, the journalist might be thinking or whatever. He's got the phone or the earpiece and it's 100% whatever the producer's saying to do. And the producer's not even around. They're just, you know, they're in an office somewhere. So journalists really, to, like today's journalists, I don't know, are they even journalists anymore? Like what is going on? Right, do they have the freedom to educate the public at all at this point? <laughs> all this is essentially advocacy journalism today. I, I mm -hmm. heard that from a really respected um, mentor of mine. Um, she is the communications director of a legal firm called Liberty Council. Um, I really ap appreciate the media that they put out just respecting First Amendment liberties. Um, and she, is one of my greatest mentors in terms of journalism. She says all, basically all journalism today is advocacy journalism. You have to admit that humans are flawed. They're going to have biases. If you can't acknowledge that because of the fall, men are always going to have flaws and biases, then that's gonna affect your whole perspective on journalism. Mm -hmm. um, and we know as Christians um, that there's always going to be some type of bias, no matter how hard you, try. So all journalism today has a slant. You just have to be willing to admit that. Right. Well, and I feel like to get a full picture too, they can't shut down one side or one bias, if that's what you want to call it. You know, you can't just have the left's opinion in journalism. You also need the right's opinion as well so that people can have that well-rounded, um, educated view of what's going on. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. That is yeah so what? <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that's not happening, like both views. Oh, yeah, not at all. Right. No, that's crazy. And it's it's really interesting getting, I guess, an insider's perspective of what's going on because we see it from, neither of us are in journalism, so we see it from a very outside point. And when we're gathering these um, like articles and things like that, and we can tell that they're slanted primarily to the left most of the time. Um, but I guess going off of that, so we're both living in Louisiana, you're in Florida. Tell us a little bit more information on just like, what is the environment like right now in Florida post-election, you know, during the pandemic, all of that kind of stuff. What is it like over there? For sure. So here in Florida, I feel incredibly grateful for all of the freedoms that we've had 
with our governor. He is an amazing governor, but not only do we have a great governor who has actually recently promised we have no more face mask mandates or lockdowns. That's great. Um, we have some great representatives as well, one of which I've interned for. Um, his name is Representative Anthony Sabatini. Um, so one thing that happened recently that he passed, or he's trying to get passed in um, the next session is to have no forced vaccinations. Now, I think it's a great idea to be able to choose for ourselves whether we want vaccinations, like something like the polio vaccine. But Absolutely. when it comes down to the government forcing you to accept a vaccine, I believe we should have that freedom. So recently I went to a, a dinner with the Florida Freedom Keepers who are actively fighting for this across the state. They're doing some great work um, to inform us about if there's anything like aborted baby body parts in a vaccine. We need to know about that. And I honestly, I would like to do more research into that, but we need to have that awareness. Also, I think that I've read some news articles that have said things like it may cause infertility to take a vaccine. So these are things we have the right to know about. We need to inform ourselves and make sure we are making a clear decision um, without being forced to by government. Um, another thing he recently is trying to get passed is a bill to repeal a Florida emergency gun ban law. On May 31st, the mayor of West Palm Beach, where SAS will actually be for Turning Point USA's Student Action Summit, they declared a state of emergency um, in response to unrest that would ban both the sale and possession of firearms. What? So wow, that's crazy. I can't, I can't bring my gun to SAS. <laughs> well, basically, Sabatini's trying to get a bill filed to repeal that. Um, you, that's so weird because you would think, okay, I don't know if every state's different, but in Louisiana, like, let's say you have your gun in your car. Like, okay, New Orleans, very dangerous. There's, like, every time you had a stop sign, like, you don't really stop all the way just in case, especially if it's at night. But I keep a, I keep a pistol in my car, so I'm, I don't know how serious that law is, but is that, would that mean if, if you have your gun in your car and you're driving and you get pulled over, like, oh, this is a state of emergency, you have a gun in your car, um, now you're fined or arrested? Because here, your car is considered an extension of your home. Mm. In Florida, I don't know if it's the same way. I don't know if you know, but would that mean I can't have a gun in my car? Well, I would certainly hope you could. I, I think that would be a question for Representative Sabatini. Um, I, I just know that he is a representative with a backbone. He is fighting for some key issues. I believe the, the rest of the country should be fighting for. Just to quickly name a few other ones, um, he is fighting recently. One thing he passed was to try or proposed is to try to allow for people to have lawsuits against large social media companies that censor users' content. That's one thing. And then another thing is that he's fighting against transgenderism. Um, this is a controversial topic, but- um, Is that it's religion that transgenderism? I haven't heard well, that term. He, so what I mean by that is there are sometimes, well, children who um, choose to change their own gender for whatever reason, but um, Representative Sabatini is trying to make it so that that's mitigated, um, and he's trying to make it so that parents um, will have to have the final say in that. Now, I as to the details of that bill, I don't 
can't recall how too too many details but the point is it's a very hot button topic that most representatives won't even go near with a 10-foot pole but because he believes in things so strongly he will fight he will go ahead and just just try to fight for them anyway. Um, he thrives on opposition and he's a pit bull. So a lot of people will say things like, we're moving to Florida just because of how hard Representative Sabatini is fighting. I'm not so, gonna lie, I've, I've thought that myself. I said, man, that guy's great. I wanna live where he's right. at. Join his well, and it's so incredible to me that some of these topics even have to be debated. Like you would think in the free world, we would automatically unquestionably have the last say on what gets pumped into our bodies, you know, when it comes to vaccines. And I know some of the major companies um, are in legal contracts to where if something happens to the person who gets the vaccine or not specifically coronavirus vaccine, but any of these vaccines that they have legal contracts on, they won't have to um, take on the downfall of that like monetarily or any other uh, legal way. So where's the motivation at that point for them to do su sufficient research into what's actually being pumped into our bodies? And again, at that point, who are they to say that we should or have to pump this stuff into our bodies or into our kids' bodies? It's so crazy to me that that's being argued in America right now. Right, that is so true and that is definitely so scary. Um, I, another thing that I'm just really grateful for is that, um, like I said earlier, here in Florida, DeSantis is basically saying we're not going to have forced lockdowns. And this is just, a, in terms of the media, this is just another thing that it's not being talked about at all. There was a recent study that came out from the New England Journal of Medicine that um, it was a study conducted at Mount Sinai um, with, in cooperation with the Naval Medical Research Center. It was performed on Marines who had to go through stringent quarantine efforts. And that study showed that lockdowns did no noticeable thing to improve the rate of people um, staying healthy. Wait, who did that study again? This was for the New England Journal of Medicine. It was conducted at Mount Sinai at the Naval Medical so, Research. So real, real medical professionals with like scientific backgrounds did this study. Is that is that what this is saying? This is an absolutely legitimate study that the mainstream, lamestream media is not <laughs> touching. They're and so it's fake. Just, yes, it's fake. It's it goes to show that they all have this agenda. They're not willing to talk about it when, when it proves them wrong. Um, they'll just sweep it under the rug. And that's the media culture we're seeing today. So people like, like, well, people like you, Jonathan, and you, Emily, and podcasts like Logic and Common Sense are so vital. And I'm so thankful for the work you guys are doing because if we don't talk about these things, the mainstream media will not. Oh, so I just want to applaud you for what you're Thank doing. Thank you. Right, yeah. well, and they're, they're ignoring all of the other negative side effects that we're seeing with lockdowns. Um, you know, increased mental health issues, increased child abuse, domestic abuse, those sort of things we're seeing a dramatic increase in. And it's been very, um, I guess, very obvious, or, or you could argue that those detriments are actually having a worse effect on people than this disease itself. So it's it's just crazy that the journalism their journalists nowadays don't want to cover things like that because it's affecting real people's lives, real American lives and families. So for sure. That, well, and also, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. 
but that, that I'm switching me, gears to so go ahead. <laughs> that, that makes me think like, because the news, so the major news organizations are not covering actual news, right? Years and years ago, people would gather in like the town square and there would be a, a with the town crier, like, I've got the news, here's the news. And people were actually out and about. They didn't have the internet, they didn't have Facebook and all the social media. And that's how they got like what's going on in the town and, and people would talk and there was interaction between people. Now we don't have any real interaction with like the masses outside of the internet. It's kind of scary because think about it. Today's main source of communication with other people relies on the internet. It's not like it used to be where you just, there was a thousand people walking outside. Well, maybe in New York, you could still do this. I mean, get labeled a crazy person, but it's not like you just, you're standing on the corner and telling people, all right, here's what's going on in my city. It, that's not how, without the internet, without mm -hmm. Facebook, without Twitter, without all these big organizations, we don't get the news. So it's like, we kind of have to start creating our own content and building a base because if we don't, who's going to do it? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so switching gears just a tiny bit. So with um, Representative Sabatani, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, there are a couple of former Florida representatives who are calling basically to get him out, to have him resign. Isn't or because mostly because they don't want him involved in these coronavirus uh, legislative talks that are about to start happening in Florida that might be currently happening right now. Isn't that a slap in the face to Florida voters? who have elected him into this position. And now they're saying, well, we, we're, we don't want him in these talks, these legislative talks. So we need him to resign. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that, well, I know Representative Sabatini comes from Lake County, which is a specified area in Florida, but his viewpoints and his comments that he makes are completely valid and he's completely allowed to make those viewpoints. They not only represent the great citizens of Lake County, but so many people across the state of Florida and across the entire nation. I know when I interned with him, people would call in from New York, from California, from North Carolina, just saying how much they agree with him. And those people who are calling for his resignation, I would argue are doing so because they know he's right on a lot of these things and he's stirring up this force within our country that wants to change the way that we're seeing things with the censorship. Um, so I think that he completely deserves the right to his freedom of speech. And those who are trying to silence him just know that he's right. And they're just simply afraid. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, I know. Like you said, he's one of the few reps with a backbone. And I think they're afraid of that. Right. If you're afraid of free speech, it's probably because you know that the other side is right. Um, the reason we have free speech is for the interchange of ideas and we're trying to come to a knowledge of the truth, right? But if you're afraid of the truth, that only then is when you're going to want there to be no free speech or there to be only one side because that's your side and you're not comfortable with anything other than the lies that you're choosing to believe. Right. Well, and as a country, how are we supposed to move forward in when we have events like, you know, the COVID pandemic and things like that? How can we actually figure out real solutions that have the least amount of detriment on people if we're not having that exchange of ideas? So it's, it's very sad that nowadays within this country, people don't want to have that exchange.
For sure. It is lamentable and very sad, but I will definitely say again, I'm so grateful for this podcast you guys are doing. I think Charlie Kirk put it well, just be your own content creators. Everyone, if we all jumped on this bandwagon of making our own YouTube channels, making our own content, and we started putting that forward and encouraging people to look to that rather than the mainstream media, I think we would have more um, awareness of what's going on. We'd learn more about those New England Journal of Medicine studies that show that lockdowns don't work. And we'd be able to make better decisions about anything regarding COVID, be it vaccines or whatnot. And I think that going forward is probably one of the best things we can do to educate ourselves. Absolutely. Well, and the incredible thing is everyone has different things that they're interested in. So you're going to end up when you have that free speech, you'll have those pockets of experts that could really dig into these different subjects. So it's so important. And I completely agree with you and Charlie on that point. Um, When you go on and you be your original self and you talk about the things that you want to talk about. Um, I mean, that's going to really create the most, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, like group of ideas where you can actually start moving forward and figuring out solutions to the different problems within this country. Yeah, and it, it takes, brain, in business, you get great thinkers together to brainstorm and to just literally throw out the wildest ideas to come up with solutions and proposals and ideas. And if that's not happening, you're not getting any good ideas. If there's no brainstorming with a diverse group of people and by diversity, that's not um, a skin color issue, diversity, because you could have, I'm just gonna use white colored skin people. You could have a white colored person from Australia, a white colored person from England, one from Canada, you can have one from Mexico, one from uh, Brazil. And every single one of those people who happen to have the same color skin have a totally different cultural background, totally different ideas. So we definitely, we need that. And um, I think what's, what's happening is like, we're seeing other people's content. Like Melissa, I saw your stuff and I was like, oh, this is great. There's another conservative person putting out like content and it doesn't really care if people see it. Like, this is wonderful. And um, we started doing our podcast, and I think more people are probably going to start doing that. And, and then we get together like this, and we're brainstorming and just chatting it up. It, it, it encourages me to like, oh, yeah, let's keep talking about this relevant stuff. And um, I hope it encourages you, too, to keep making the videos you're making because they're pretty great. And we definitely it, – it's so needed. Well, thank you so much. And if – I'm at liberty to do so. Um, I would encourage um, your listeners to maybe also um, know that I have a YouTube channel too. It's called Conservative Shoutout. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my way of hoping to try to get some of this truth out that I wasn't able to because I was suppressed in college and at NPR. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, I think that pool of that or that brainstorming ability is taken away if you're not allowed to have that freedom of speech. So we really need to protect that. We need to protect our First Amendment here in America. Right. Well, and I know you just dropped your YouTube, but um, your social medias as well. You might as well put that plug in. And if you have any, like, just last statement that you want to give to our listeners. Final words. Yeah, final words. What do you you have for us? (laughs) I think that's always a great last journalism question. Just always ask, what is your final words? Really, I think that I've said a lot of it already. Um, I feel very blessed 
to have you guys on this on this form of um, this podcast. And I, again, would encourage people to create their own content. I know that in these times, the truth will prevail. Um, it can be discouraging knowing that these upcoming months might not be what we'd hope for in terms of a president, or it might not be what we hope for in terms of freedom of speech. Um, but I do believe the truth will prevail. Um, I know that I'm a born again Christian. I know that Christ is King. So that's where my hope ultimately lies. And whatever journalism outlet you listen to, um, the truth is absolute and that is never going to change. So I place my hope in that. And that's what gets me through the day. That's what helps me get up every morning. Um, so I don't exactly know where I'm going um, in terms of career, but I do know that that's where I place my hope. So that's what I would encourage um, your listeners to place their hope in as well. And um, again, I'm so grateful for you too, for the work that you're doing um, and trying to get that truth out. Oh, thanks. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, that was great. So thank you again for coming on our show and kind of giving your perspective on what's going on in Florida. I know we have listeners from across the country. Um, I just found that out like yesterday. I was very excited. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Logic and Common Sense. In the description, I have some links that you can use to get connected to Melissa and what she's doing. She has some fantastic uh, content on the web make sure you check it out and don't forget to follow subscribe like share get the word out about logic and common sense take care guys <laughs> <laughs>